you to the beyond the bench band uh for getting us warmed up here tonight <laughs> paul schaefer and, uh, and the btb band yeah, great great to have them in studio with us and uh, <laughs> sure appreciate having that live music and hey you guys take a break now no sir yeah. no hey Jocko. no not no 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 not there uh, the bathroom is around the corner come on man there you go no. Oh, musicians. I tell you, what do you do? What are you going to do? Mean, hey, can't keep control of them. Fickle bunch, aren't they? Are. You know, talent, well, you know, talent's going to do what talent's going to do, Todd. Well, they are. And I guess when you pick up up in a Walmart parking lot in a van, <laughs> uh, that's what you get. So, you guys, no, no, that's the premium uh, stock. No, you guys get the stuff on the right. <laughs> no, the rock gut. Yeah, that. Uh, yes. Yes, below. Brandon. That, that's the stuff. The below the shelf. Yeah, yep. Yeah, no, you don't get a glass, guys. You don't get a glass. You just drink it out of the bottle. Okay, anyway, we got them. All right, we're good. Well, hey, guys. Uh, boy, it's it's been a couple weeks. I, I know we wanted to record, you know, out in Denver, but we just never really had a chance. I guess we could have at about midnight or 1230, whenever it was, our BTB night yeah. party closed down. But uh, I think uh, we'd about had it that night. So uh, maybe a good thing we didn't. But, uh, hey, here we are. Yeah, it might have been. And uh, uncensored, unfiltered. Yeah. Uh, could have been the whole thing. But, uh, yeah, it's it's good to be back and uh, good to see you. And, and uh, man, welcome home. But what a great time in Denver we had, huh? We did. I had a super time. I, th- I thought they pulled off a great convention out there for being the first time in Denver for, what, 50-some years maybe? Yeah, um, yeah exactly 50, yeah. I think. They yeah, said. so uh, great time out there. Looking forward to – Kind of rehashing some of the highlights with you guys here tonight. I'm glad we all made it home safely uh, as well. So, yeah, that was adventuresome. We'll talk about yeah. that some too. And uh, but we made it home. But uh, let's let's just start again tonight. Let's thank our sponsors of Beyond the Bench. You want your athletic program to stand out on social media? Well, now you can with Gipper. Using Gipper, you can create and share professional sports graphics to social media in seconds on any device and without needing design experience. Try Gipper out for free at gogipper.com backslash athletics. You can also find Matthew Glick in the podcast arena. Uh, head to any of those podcast platforms and look for Standout and catch Matthew Glick's podcast there. Uh, it was great. I know we all visit with them out at the convention. Just a quick shout out. I tell you what. Um, one, they're already doing great stuff, but boy, they've got some big stuff coming. I think that'll speak yeah. to our kids and engage our kids in new ways with social media and promotion of programs. So um, look for them to do big things, and they're a great partner beyond the bench. Yeah, they are. And it's always great to talk to them when we get to see them. So thank you to them. As a leader in the industry, Superfan has spent the last 10 years innovating and changing how schools approach fan engagement, ticketing, fundraising, and more. The Superfan platform includes our customized app. Make it fit for your school by choosing from dozens of engagement features designed with your students in mind. No matter how big or small your school is, the Superfan platform is your all-in-one solution. Find out more or schedule a demo at superfaninc.com. 
Com. Let the Varsity Bound software manage your team's information so you can create an amazing experience and build your legacy. Varsity Bound provides everything your athlete and parents need to enjoy the season right in one place. They can get all this information on the web or in the Varsity Bound app. Sponsorship platforms, schedules, rosters, sca- scores, standings, tickets, stats, live stream events, Twitter feeds, team news, and more with Varsity Bound. Hey, are you an AD interested in saving time or making your job a little, a little less stressful? Are you looking for ways to improve the fan experience at your games? Well, Beyond the Bench suggests you take a good look at Hometown Ticketing. Hometown Ticketing provides schools with everything needed to offer professional-level online ticketing at absolutely no cost to your school or athletic program. Hometown integrates industry-leading technology directly into your existing school or athletic website. This provides your fans with a simple and easy ticket-buying experience that takes place directly on your website without the need to create an account, remember a password, or download an app. From individual game tickets to customized season pass programs, our friends at Hometown Ticketing can customize an entire platform for your program. And the best part is it doesn't cost your school or athletic program anything to get started. So check them out at www.hometownticketing.com and enroll your school today. And many of you heard our interview in season three when we had former high school athletic director and author Jamie Beckler on the show. Jamie also has an online leadership program that is great for coaches and student athletes. I believe in the leadership playbook so much that I purchased it for our entire athletic department. The price is incredible when you consider all of the resources and video lessons that are included. Plus, you get access to Jamie. And he'll even do a free virtual presentation for your staff. I highly recommend it. So make sure you check out theleadershipplaybook.com and Jamie Beckler. And thank you to all of our sponsors uh, Beyond the Bench. Appreciate them and all that they do for us. All right, so we're going to get in and talk a little bit about the uh, NADC out in Denver. Uh, but but first, I just want to go back a little bit. Um, Aaron drove out. Scott drove out. Um, I flew, and boy, are my arms tired. What up, bumps? All right, so anyway, uh, Aaron was a little bit late getting out there. Um, he Unfortunately, he lost somebody that had been tied to the uh, Kennedy Athletic Department uh, for a long, long time. So I just want to go back because, you know, when that happens, I think we think about sometimes the people that really do a lot of work for us mm-hmm. and the unsung heroes of the department. Uh, so I'm just going to give Aaron an opportunity to maybe tell us a little bit about that. And then, uh, you know, we'll we'll talk through that yeah. a little bit too. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, it was, a you know, Going back, even back to like the late summer, early fall, when I was trying to make the decision about flying out to uh, Denver or driving out to Denver, I've made that drive before and it never bothered me uh, on that drive. So that was back when the flights were really uncertain. They were canceling every other flight. and Just didn't notice. I thought, heck, I'll drive. Man, what a, I look back and what a, I don't know, I, I'll just say it, what a, what a, a, a God moment there in making that decision to, to drive. Because had I, had I made the decision to fly, I would have had to make a tough decision, and that would have been to miss uh-huh. the funeral of Dick Dirks. Um, Dick Dirks was a longtime uh, scoreboard operator, baseball scorebook uh, keeper for us. Um, he started keeping the, the official book for baseball 
uh, for Kennedy back in the late 70s, um, back when Lloyd Spears was our head coach and Bill Herkman was assistant coach. And then stepped away from Kennedy for a couple of years in the 80s to lived in Marion. And uh, when Herc retired, actually, from Kennedy as our head baseball coach, stepped away for a few years. Actually, that had been early 90s, I guess. And then when, when uh, a good friend of his at Marion retired from baseball, came back to Kennedy Baseball late 90s and was our baseball book all through the 2019 season. Same thing with basketball and volleyball and football scoreboards, um, track meets. He'd come work track meets in the press box for us. Man, he worked our events for more than three decades, from the late 70s, actually 40 years, 50 years almost. I got to do my math here. But from the late 70s up until 2019 um, was kind of the last time he was full-time. Made a few games last year when we came back after COVID, um, but was diagnosed a little over a year ago with stomach and esophageal cancer. And uh, he gave it a good run uh, on that, but that cut up with him. Passed away uh, early December. His funeral was last Friday. and just a man, what an advocate for high school athletics and, and, and kids and coaches. Uh, for those of you in, in Iowa, you recognize him because he also worked for 30 years of the Boys Association and Girls Union. For the Boys Association, if you ever, as a coach, qualified for this, a state tournament, so you're at the Dome in the playoffs or down there in Des Moines for, the, for basketball or for baseball, his job for all those years down there was to, at the end of the game, his job is to go and get the losing coach and the losing players and get them mm-hmm. to the press room in a timely fashion so that Rick Wilco uh, or Bernie Saga wouldn't yell at him because he was taking too long to get them there. Um, and that was a tough job. He'd come back telling me stories about how hard it was to get those, you know, those coaches want to spend time in the locker room with their kids and, and just share that moment of grief of losing that, that, that state tournament game. And, and here's Dirksy knocking at the door saying, hey, let's go, let's go. we got to get to the media room. Mm-hmm but did that for 30 years. So you've seen him uh, at the yep. state tournaments over the years. Um, great guy, um, loved kids, loved sports, um, and did, did so in a unique style uh, that grew on you over time. And I, I'm sad I have to provide my own gum at games. I, I, there was always gum at games for my first 15 <laughs> years as an AD because Dirksy always had gum for me, and I, he always let me borrow a stick. I have yet to give him one back, though. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's good. I want to I want to go back because I think it's a good reminder. Uh, you told me a story about when you first started as an AD and you're setting up and he would show up <laughs> two hours early when you're trying to set up. Yep. Tell that story. Oh, so he would. He would <laughs> try to set up for a basketball game, wrestling match, volleyball game. And he'd get there like an hour, half, two hours early. And I'm busy setting. And, you know, you all know what that's like. You're I mean, you're running around pulling bleachers, putting baskets up, setting up score tables, setting up the scoreboard controller, setting up your PA equipment, testing all that, trying to go get your ticket booth set up. And, and I'm just flying around, and Dirk's going to come in, and, and he always has a story to tell you. You know, he, he'd seen something on TV at a baseball game the night before, a basketball game the night before, or he's just come back from the state tournament and he had stories to tell you about the coaches there at the state tournament. And he'd start telling you stories, and it gets to a point like, Dirk's, we had to come to an agreement. <laughs> because I didn't, I didn't want to be rude. You know, he's telling me a story. I'm trying to have eye contact and engage the story and listen. And I realized after a while, these stories are going to go on for half an hour, 45. They'll go on as long as Dirks as I'm listening. So I had, Dirks and I came to an agreement early on. I said, Dick, here's the deal. I want to hear your story. But I also have work to do right now. So I'm going to listen for a few minutes. And I'll walk away and go do something. And when I come back, you just pick up right where you left off in that story. And there'd be times, Todd and Scott, it would take all night. 
we'd be halftime of the, you know, you play the sophomore boys basketball game and then your halftime, the varsity boys basketball game, game two, and he'd finally get to the end of the story and you just catch little bits and pieces. But so funny. He said, oh, no, Aaron, I know you, you've got things to do. You're a busy guy. I'm like, Dirksy, I want to hear your story, but we got to find a balance here because your stories go on a long time and I got work to do. <laughs> um, great guy. Man, I'll miss him. Yeah. Those guys are invaluable. Guys yes. and girls, you yeah. know, that, that work for us. Um, you know, and it's it just, they, they're such a fabric of the athletic and activities departments. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, things, things happen yeah. and, uh, sometimes we lose them and I feel bad for you that you had to lose a friend, you know, as well as a worker. But, um, I just think it's important for us to, I don't know. I know you guys do and our listeners do uh, that. We really take time to appreciate those people, uh, recognize them when we can. Uh, if you're in Iowa, obviously we've got some Iowa high school athletic director awards. You can give to people who, who do a lot of service for you. Uh, or you can make up your own. Yeah, Put them in your hall of fame. You know, yeah. yeah and- make, make up your own. Yeah. But I, I just think it's important that we, you know, think about who does a lot of work for you as you're listening to this podcast and uh, how can you recognize them? Yeah. Uh, how can you say thanks? Uh, even if it's just maybe a text message after a game to say thanks for your help. Um, you know, we've got <laughs> different people that, uh, you know, Dirksy might not have had a cell phone. Maybe, maybe oh, that oh, wouldn't yeah. work for him. Did he? He did. Um, he did. <laughs> Funny story. <laughs> oh, yes. So if you ever got a text message from Dirksy, first of all, it was in all caps. <laughs> always yelling at always you. all caps and and it's funny because chuck van heck told the story chuck van heck and roke wilco were pallbearers along with myself and and coach hoyer our current baseball coach and some other good friends of his but chuck and rick actually spoke at his funeral and uh chuck van heck talked about it and shared the story and hoyer and i are just down there laughing our tails off in the front row at the funeral because we've all got them you get a text message from Dirksy, it was in all caps, and you you had to go find four or five other people to get their interpretation of what exactly he was trying to say, because he would skip from one <laughs> thought to another and always end it with, hey, best of luck to the Cougs tonight. But it took three or four interpretations to get the full meaning of a Dick Dirks text message, and Chuck <laughs> talked about that. Um, you know, just one last thing, and then we'll move on here, but... Um, for those of you that do have those folks out there who have been engaged in your... They've been your scorebook scoreboard operator they've they've had this role for you forever and they're getting older and, and man we had to slide Dirksy from you know his responsibilities are getting less and less uh he got a little slower on the scoreboard until we got to a point like boy the stats and that stuff it was hard to keep up with we kept you know by the time he was done we just had him starting and stopping the clock for us and and, and buzzing the horn on subs but it had and i say this not to to make anybody feel bad but just as new people would come into our programs they kind of say, you know, well, who's the guy in the clock? Boy, that clock runs a couple seconds here or there or doesn't start on time a couple times here and there. You need a new clock operator. Well, they didn't know Dick Dirks. They didn't know the history there. And we had to do some some work along the way, but keep those folks engaged as much yeah. as, as long as you can because it was <sighs> – Dirksy coming to our events was serving him probably way more than he was serving us or it was equal, right. uh, it meant as much to him and it was valuable to him. And it, it was a big part of his life and his journey. And and I think you just have to try to embrace those folks. And, and as they get a little older and they've been doing it for a while and maybe they're not as effective or efficient at it as maybe you'd like or other people on the outside who don't get it would like, um, it means a lot to them. And as long as they can still do it, keep them, 
keep them going as, as long as you can. Yeah. yeah. Good, good point. Thing. Thank you. Well, yeah. Uh, we've got uh, four or five parter here. Uh, we've got <laughs> several things we're going to talk about tonight. We'll try and be as quick with them as we can, not keep people here too long. But uh, just let's talk through the convention, mm-hmm. the NADC out in, in Denver. And uh, we'll just kind of go through the days here and some things that happened and, and some highlights. Uh, Saturday, the opening session was Kevin Brown. Uh, his, his probably speech is entitled Apple Pancakes uh, <laughs> with his, his son. And, uh, you know, Kevin is a big proponent of heroes, everyday heroes. And uh, that's kind of what his business is and his speaking is engaged in. So um, Kevin Brown, a great opening speech. Um, yeah. His style is unique. Yes. Uh, but I, uh, I enjoyed it and, uh, appreciated that too. So, um, uh, Saturday, uh, your thoughts on Kevin Brown or anything that happened Saturday. Scott had a ton of meetings probably leading up to that Friday <laughs> and Saturday. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah. but I, I was, I was excited. I had my last accreditation meeting. So, uh, that was a great journey. Kudos to you for your work that. on that. And, uh, yeah. um, so it's in better hands now, of course. Mm, I don't know about that. Uh, oh yeah, ten, uh, right. Ten years yeah. on that committee, Scott. Good for you. Wow. Well, we went, to, yeah. went through two of those accreditation processes, and the tail mm. end of the first one, which, yeah, it's just a lot. So, but I got to work with yeah. some awesome people. A lot people. of work. I got like the second time around, I got to work with Jamie Sherwood from up in Wyzetta, Minnesota, and mm-hmm. I was able to go up there and work with him on um, a couple standards and uh, just to get to know him a little better. Even though I'd been in Minnesota. Uh, it was just cool to have the opportunity to go up there and meet with him a few times. And we were lucky because we were fairly close. Um, and we actually got to go face to face and work through that. And I know some people weren't that fortunate. Um, but now with Zoom, it's something we never even really probably thought of then. Uh, but now it would have been really easy to jump on a Zoom. But I drove up there a few times and had the opportunity to meet with him. And it was, they were always great. You know, we'd go up there for a weekend two or three times and it was, it was good to get to know him a little better. So um, I was thankful for that opportunity. So it was awesome. Good. I really, I tell you what, I enjoyed Kevin Brown uh, immensely. I, I, I agree, Todd, his style. I wasn't quite sure how it was going to go when he started. I was like, where's the emotion here? Uh, and the emotion isn't in his, <laughs> the, the rise and fall of his voice and things like that. Uh, but it's in just the power of his story and, and owning mm-hmm. it. And, you know, Todd or uh, Scott was sitting a, a row in front of you and I, Todd, and I just, I, I can just distinctly remember to, uh, Scott looking over his shoulder and look at you, Todd, and grinning because when he started talking about the power of the now and the power of the moment, um, mm-hmm. man, that's just right in your wheelhouse, Todd. It's what you're all about. Um, and one of your big drivers. Got it on my I, love that. Uh, <laughs> I, I do. I, I love that moment from him or that, just that, that talk yeah. and that focus on, Owning that circle of now that's right in front of yeah. you right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. was a great story. Great, great message. I should say. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I liked yeah. it. When, and when I looked around at Todd, here's what he said. He goes, one moment can change a life. And right. now whenever I hear about moments, I always think of Todd, but how, you know, like simple yet powerful, like the things that we do, you know, on a day-to-day basis. So we might not think are a big deal, but they, have huge impact on people. And that just really made me think about how we need to be intentional about, you know, being good to people and making sure we go out of the way to, to, you know, 
be thankful and reach out to people that we might not know, you know, tell them hello, um, you know, just pour out greatness into others. I, I just, I thought yeah. it was a great opening speech. It was, mm-hmm. like I said, it went at the beginning. I was like, oh, this could be a little rough. And then, then he really uh. got into it. And it was good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, very good. So uh, Saturday night uh, and then uh, on to Sunday, workshop started. Um, I went to a couple workshops on on Sunday. I went to one by uh, Lena DeSantis from San Francisco and Kathy Green from Maryland uh, about developing a captain's council. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was really good, you know, basically about student leadership and how they kind of do that. Two very different formats, uh, different size schools. Uh, so that it was a little different. The Rockville Montgomery County schools is a big county school. So it's a countywide program and more of a two people from each school. And the one in San Francisco was just actually in the school, you know, more like we would probably have as well. So, um, I just appreciated those. They were both good, uh, good presenters. And then Aaron and I went to strategies for increasing the number of faculty coaches. Nate Larson uh, was kind of the lead in there, along with Renee Rigoli from uh, Arizona. Uh, Nate's been a guest on our podcast and did a really fine job. Does a lot of good things for his coaches mm-hmm. out there. I think, uh, you know, that to kind of encourage them and keep them engaged. So uh, both those were, were really good. And uh, the end of my highlights for that day, I think we had the Iowa gathering that night. And uh, got to give a shout out to Dactronics because they shared their TV. <laughs> the TV in our room didn't work at the restaurant. And uh, so we opened up the doors and, you know, eventually the Iowa crowd broke down the three chairs that were separating the two rooms. And <laughs> we were a little pushy. I think Schultz, Schultz threw them out of the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so eventually we became one party a little yeah. bit later in the night. But uh, anyway, thanks to Dactronics for sharing their TV for all the Packers fans that we had there from Iowa. But uh, again, that, those, those are the workshops I went to. The presenters were great and uh, took away some good ideas from them as well. Uh, um, the one I went to, you know, you talked about the one we shared or went to together, but the one I went to before that, and really there was a strong underlying theme uh, out there in terms of the, the DEI, the diversity, equity, and inclusion, and, and how uh, we've got to be better uh, in the platform of, of educational athletics uh, in our in, in promoting diversity and celebrating diversity and engaging in equity uh, in our programs and our schools. And I went to one that was entitled Empowering Underrepresented Groups Within the Profession. Um, and it started out as, as focusing on, on just how do we get underrepresented groups, more females, more uh, more ADs of color engaged in, in the AD profession. But then Anthony Thomas, who is the director of athletics in a, a school out in San Diego, and uh, Jeremy Schlitz, who is the the director, the district director of athletics up in Madison, Wisconsin, for Madison, Wisconsin schools, super guy. Uh, then he was actually the moderator for you guys the next day, yeah, Scott. He was great. Um, yeah. yeah, but they did a great job of. They started in the AD realm, but it really went more to coaches. Uh, how do we get more women coaching? How do we get more uh, coaches of color in our profession so that our kids are seeing coaches who look like them? Um, with the whistle in front of their team huddles uh, more than they are right now. And just had some great, great thoughts and great insights on, on being intentional. Um, and they just thought to ask, I said, when you're, when you, when you're posting jobs, um, and, and I think and Jeremy talked about this, he's removed all 
uh, prerequisites in terms of must have been a head coach before. He just thinks that's – and I, I thought it was so profound for him to say that, that that's such a barrier when we're sitting here with a shortage of women coaching and a shortage of, of coaches of color in our profession. They've never been head coaches before. And then the first thing we put on our job uh, requirements is previous head coaching required. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's it, it, it seems like a no-brainer, but how, how many of us do that with our postings? Um, so there's good things like that of being very intentional about um, – promoting equity and finding equity and um, and being serious about it, not just window dressing, but being serious about it. Mm-hmm. That's Great stuff. So then Monday, um, workshops again. Scott uh, presented that day with Scott and Julian, um, their workshop, Uniting Diversity and Enhancing Perception Through Athletics. And uh, second time I've been in that, you did that in Iowa, Scott, and yeah. I tell you, I thought it, you guys knocked it out of the park. Oh, yeah. I thought it was fantastic. Um, it's just such a great message. And, and the way you did the workshop was really good. Uh, yeah. You know, it wasn't sit and get, like you yeah. said. It was interactive, and there was a lot of great comments made. Yeah. Uh, but, boy, uh, hats off to you for uh, that presentation. Think, that that needs that, to be repeated. The, the power came from Andrew and and Julian, I was. Oh, Andrew's tremendous. Yeah, that yeah. was. I mean, he's such a great kid. I, I mean, those are the kind of kids that, you know, make what we do, worth doing. You know, he's just a great kid. Um, you know, as you as you heard in his story, maybe he had some issues in high school, but just overall, just a, an awesome kid, and has done some great things. And I'm just super proud of him. And the fact that he's uh-huh. not really used to speaking in front of people, and for him. For him to get up there and be able to share his story was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. So, kudos to him. And and then Coach Julian's yeah. done a great job, and uh, he's coaching over at Des Moines North now, and and uh, is you know trying to build that culture. And um, you know he'll he'll continue to to make sure those kids feel loved, and you know, and he's just a good person all around too. So it was an honor to to, to be able to present that with those with those two gentlemen. I'll go back to what Todd said there too, Scott. I loved how you did that. I and the design of that, um, because here we are sitting at a national convention, and when you would ask the questions and then have people share back out from around the country, you could you could hear, yeah. The I could I'll go back to this word: the intentionality that ads have had across the country in terms of of building this into their culture and making sure that. Um, equity and diversity is something being embraced and celebrated and utilized rather than uh, something we avoid and the hard talk, the hard discussion. You could hear it in the 80s as it was shared out, the, the, the cool but intentional things they're doing to break down barriers. It was, it was really cool. And, and what, a, what, what a great platform to be able to, to do that through athletics, to be able to you know, enhance our perception and unite diversity. What a better platform than athletics to do that. And yeah, so, I know Julie and I really wanted to make that more interactive. And I told him most of the time when you're at that national convention, it's more everybody just sits out there. So so when we told everybody they're going to have to share, I saw some frantic faces. <laughs> but it actually was really awesome. I enjoyed the, um, you know, people sharing what they're doing. And like, like you said, Aaron, just the intentionality. And I think our ADs are, you know, probably the most innovative and creative when it comes to that. So. Kudos to our athletic directors out there that are, are, are facing those challenges and, and honestly, 
on the forefront of, you know, trying to make things better. Yeah. Spot on. Yep. I took uh 628 uh, that afternoon and into the evening, uh, the mental health yeah. athlete, student athlete, mental health, and uh, really Who did interesting. Who that with, Todd? Was that with Mike uh, that and is Steve? the guys. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mountain New York. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good. They do a good job with it. And uh, I think it's something hopefully we can get going at the state convention because I think it's something that people yep. really need to be on top of. And uh, obviously it's at the forefront of a lot of what we're, we're talking about. Um, and they had a, a lot of good ideas. A couple of them they, that I, that I took and I wrote down in particular, they, they talked about how every coach uh, should check in with every kid on the team every day. Yep. Just, just for a moment. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he had one coach that did a wellness check and they would do a wellness check and the kids would either hold up a one a two or a three. Yep. And a one was they've had a tough day. A two was, uh, you know, an average day. Three was a great day. And so they could just kind of tell where the kids were before they started practice. And it took 30 seconds. Yep. And if somebody was having had a one, you know, maybe you kind of keep an eye on them or somebody goes talk to them for a little bit and uh, just help them through it. So I yeah. uh, thought that was a really good idea. Uh, they talked about having a mental health emergency action plan. Mm. And they gave five or six different scenarios to go over with your coaches. But, you know, what do you do with a kid if he uh, walks out of practice angry? Uh, yeah. Do you have a plan? Who goes to follow that with that that student athlete? Uh, who goes to talk with them? Uh, just some different scenarios that might happen. And, you know, we got an emergency action plan for weather, but we don't always have one for mental health. Mm-hmm. Uh, when a kid snaps or a, a somebody something happens, so and it just it it then it just reminded me, you know, on the the other level as an athletic director, checking in with coaches every day too. Yeah, um, I was just thinking about that driving down because I I've got a, a boys basketball coach who does a tremendous job, but he's coaching alone. Yeah, and uh, you know how does he feel after a loss? You know how important assistant coaches are when we yeah. We have somebody to at least talk to, um, and I've got to do a better job of being in touch with him and uh, just all of our coaches. I think it just reminded me to to check in with them a little bit more often than I do, just uh, with a phone call, mm-hmm. uh, more than texting sometimes or an yeah. email, but maybe a phone call and a voice to let them talk. Yeah. We actually had Mike and Steve uh, over the pandemic, and they were kind of preparing for the class. Um, they actually presented to our coaches and student athletes at Centennial. And that was good. Nice. It was a good conversation. Yeah. So that's awesome. Right. Good stuff. Well, since you've taken 628 now, Todd, and I know you've taken 790, it seems to me we should get Chris Deem to get you on the agenda to teach mm-hmm. that class at the Iowa Convention. Well, we had, uh, let's see, four of us in there. Okay. Uh, Zach, Zach Clark, uh, Matt Icorn, <laughs> um, Adam. From Xavier, and he, right? Yep, Is that right? Yep, and I think. And, yep. I don't know who's taking seven ninety there. Two of those three, uh, and Lisa Brinkmeyer was Lisa Brinkmeyer was in there too. Good. good. Well, we got so a good we had four. we had five of the probably twenty people in there from Iowa. Good. So, uh, yeah, I think we're ready to start teaching that if we can get it on the next couple of years yeah. and start start moving along with that. So. All right, then we ended Monday night with a BTB social gathering. That was a good time. Uh, up at the top 
uh, yeah, that was a good time. Thanks, Scott, for <coughs> excuse me organizing that, getting that going, and that was a great time. Thanks fun. to thanks to Varsity Bound um, for their their support and us doing that as well. It's just great to connect with folks who have been on the show uh, yep. as guests. Right. They all stopped in as many as they could would stop in and see us, and and a lot of our Iowa folks came up, and that kind of goes back to the Monday or the Sunday night too at the Iowa gathering. Uh, man, if you've never been to a national convention, the best thing that comes out of it is just the time you spend uh, with other ADs. Um, some you've known for years and others you meet while you're out there. But uh, just like-minded folks sharpening, you know, iron sharpening iron when you're out there. And it's mm-hmm. always such a great thing to be at. I, that's what I loved about that night, even behind the bar. Yeah. For a good chunk of the night. You were a hell of a uh, bartender there, Mr. Stecker. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> I, I don't, and, and I, I don't I like the hate, fact. Well, Mr. Stecker, you forgot your tips. There was three dollars and fifty cents in tips, hey, and you left it in the cup. So, just no, so you know, lo- we paid it forward, and <laughs> it was left for those who had to clean the room. Well, oh, nice. <laughs> I took out the tips that mattered most, which was the chapstick from uh, from Nate Boat, <laughs> and and Je- and Jeff Jeff Cook's name badge was left behind. I took that one with me, also. I've got that. I'll try to get that uh-huh. signed in the future. Um, the the worst Hall of, Hall of Famer the, Jeff Cook. Yes, the worst part about being behind the bar is that President Ludwig, uh, Dale was there, and you know Dale's been our long one of our longtime bartenders at our at our hospitality mm-hmm. suite at the convention, and of course he's planning on stepping down and giving that job up to others, which I think is a farce. We got to work on that, but uh, mm. he thought I was auditioning, and and is that was not an audition. So for so for all of you out there that came to the BTV reception and your drink was a little strong or a little weak, email Dale Ludwig and, and advise him to not push me to do that at the Iowa convention. Gotcha. gotcha. That was a good time. Well done. It was. And uh, thank you to all of our listeners. If you're listening and you came, uh, thank you. Hey, we and, got rid of uh, a lot you of didn't, t-shirts that night. It's all right. We did, yeah. We should have a lot of BTV uh publicity going on. Were those the ones with our faces on them? No. They, we're no, those. those are the new logo. Yeah, yeah, okay. The new, that's the new, well, the new logo without our thank faces goodness. on it. Thank goodness, because our kids won't yeah. let anybody wear those. Without our faces. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks again to everybody who came up and uh, shared some time with us. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Tuesday then, uh, you know, we got going last day of the convention, and uh, I'm just skipping right to the closing session. Uh, Scott Jarvis, congratulations on the QPA for Ankeny Centennial, uh, the third school you've taken through that process. Just absolutely incredible and amazing. Um, I know you took off, and uh, uh, we got. It, but your intern, who you had, yeah, uh, he helped with, with you at Centennial. He was, was so able to go accept it. That was awesome to, to do that. Uh, so I'm I'm happy for him. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I have that upstairs in my dining room, and it looks really nice on my wall. Uh, so, I love it. You know, come and get it, Centennial. That's where it's at. No, I'll, I'll, <laughs> we'll get it over there to Centennial High School. So, congratulations, Scott. Thank well you. done. And I uh, know that was uh, a big project you did there. Um, I just want to give a shout out to Lisa Langston, mm-hmm. uh, past president now of the NI of uh, the NA, the NIAAA this last year and to the NIAAA for a great convention. It was good, so good to be back in person and yeah. and to be able to see everybody. Um, good luck to our next president, Mike McGurk, 
um, as he takes over. Friend from and, Missouri. Uh, our That's friend right. from Missouri. Yeah. Um, and good luck to him. And, boy, the year will fly, as you know. Um, and uh, But just good luck to him leading that organization as well as president. And thanks to all the leaders who, who work sections and uh, go through those chairs there and, and work on the board of directors and the folks in Indianapolis as well. So appreciate them. Also, I'm going to give shout out to Hall of Fame again. Just a beautiful ceremony, uh, very meaningful. Um, and uh, congratulations to Iowa's own Dave Huff on uh, winning the DSA and having that presented to him on Tuesday night. That was just, uh, again, a fantastic, fantastic uh, ceremony. Uh, the highlight of the night in the Hall of Fame, and you know, Bruce Brown was pretty mm-hmm. emotional, you know, when that when that went through his wife and daughters. Uh, uh, there was that was there's some tears there, um, but then Sister Lynn Sister Lynn Windsor from Arizona <laughs> went into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, been down there for 40 years and um, golf coach there too. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Longtime golf coach and what I don't think they haven't lost a dual meet in 16 years, something like that. What? I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. Huh. Yeah, I mean it's and state championship after state championship, but. Uh, that was a lot of fun. and uh, But anyway, back to Dave Huff and congratulations. Uh, appreciate Dave and um, still on the board as our historian and past president of the Iowa High School Athletic Director Association. Uh, congratulations to him on that Distinguished Service Award. You guys were driving home uh, because we had weather coming in and, and you had to take off and got ahead of that. So Wednesday rolls around. And, um, and so did the wind. <laughs> so did the wind. Yes. And Denver had a little bit of a different storm coming off. Um, we went to the airport about 7.30. Yeah, 7.30. Uh, we shared an Uber with uh, the Chapmans, Taylor Chapman from up in Spencer. And uh, there were flights being canceled left and right out of Denver. Luckily, we had a direct flight to Omaha. And we were able to get out at 10.40. And uh, we landed at one Um, and we knew the storm was supposed to hit Omaha at about three. So it would, it was traveling, you know, 80 to 90 miles an hour. And uh, so we got our car and uh, we got home 15 minutes Mm. before that storm, Uh, that line of thunderstorms, that thin line came through Jefferson. Um, We got to the basement and a half hour later, the, Power was off, and the power was off for the next 36 hours. Oh, so, wow. uh, we were there was two tornadoes uh, did some devastation. One to the west of us that just missed the high school by probably less than a mile, mm-hmm. and the casino. Uh, the other one was just south of town, about uh, probably a mile and a half, two miles from our house. Uh, we sit on the very south end of town, and uh, that just uh, was a mile outside of town, mm-hmm. and just. Uh, very destructive. Um, so uh, obviously there's some cleanup, our thoughts and prayers, the people who were hit by that, but no injuries or anything that um, I had heard of, just uh, property damage. So it was very interesting. Uh, we didn't have school. Uh, we got out at uh, noon on Wednesday mm-hmm. before it hit, and we did not go back Thursday or Friday. Our power came back on in Jefferson at about 2 a.m. on Friday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our kids are done now. 
uh, through Christmas break because they weren't coming back Monday and oh, Tuesday. Wow. Our teachers come back. Oh, wow. So uh, we didn't see our kids past uh, Wednesday at noon. Hmm. And uh, we've still got a couple games to go here uh, the next couple days. But um, it could have been worse, uh, you know, when you think about what happened down in Kentucky. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, glad you guys made it home. You drove. I know Dave Huff, their their flight got canceled coming out of Denver. They um, – and instead of waiting till four or five o'clock on Wednesday to try and get out, they rented a car and they drove the whole way on Wednesday. <laughs> drove to Des Moines, got their car and back an hour to Greenfield. So uh, they made it home. But gosh, just one of those things. Chapman's made it up to Spencer just in time. To say, yeah, it's, uh, that was scary coming across. There was some strong winds there. I was glad I drove on Tuesday, left a little earlier Tuesday and and got all the way back and avoided all the wind Yeah, on Wednesday. Yeah. So great time in Denver and uh, next year back to Nashville uh, and the Gaylord Marriott, the huge complex down there. So uh, we'll look forward to that uh, being down there in Nashville. So well done, guys. It was great to see you out there and uh, great to see everybody, all of our listeners, um, anybody who follows us. And uh, the Iowa gang was out there in good force, about 40 yes. from Iowa out yep. there. So good numbers and uh, appreciate those. I know. Taylor was on one of our scholarships from the IHS ADA and uh, had a great time. And um, I'm sure you'll see him back again. Once you go and you can convince your superintendent um, that it's, it's so worthy to go. Uh, hopefully they'll come back yep. and I think we'll see Taylor back yep. too. So um, I want to talk about uh, next, you know, what's next for beyond the bench. Uh, we are in the middle of season four and um you know, I, I just been thinking a lot. We've talked about this and we're just going to have an open discussion so our listeners can hear it. Cause we're going to be asking you, you know, what do you want us to be? Um, I think we still have some value. I hope we still have some value, some meaning to people, um, who listen and we appreciate again, all of our listeners, but, um, we have enjoyed our time talking with athletic directors. Uh, we will not totally quit doing that. But there's a lot of people in that space now, guys, and there's a lot of people who are doing interviews with athletic directors. And if you want content like that, it's out there. And uh, I think that's good. I, I think it's a, anything we can do to help. I mean, mm -hmm. it's professional development, right? Yeah. Um, but I think we all, all are interested in maybe doing going a little different route with it. Um, so we're going to be asking our listeners, uh, would you be interested in, and you guys chime in here, but, uh, we've talked about doing a book study, uh, yeah. going through a book and then relate, we're still going to relate it back to what we do, mm -hmm. um, into the activity and athletic realm, um, and the leadership there, but you know, a book study, would we do a book study and, uh, go through a book. And then, um, the other thing we we've talked about is, uh, going through, you know, you look at the topics of the, the workshops that were out at the NADC. We could take those, a lot of those topics and just go through some of those. Mm -hmm. And maybe even with some of the presenters that presented, yeah. we get them on get the them podcast on as a guest yeah. and, uh, go through some of their workshop stuff. Yeah. Um, Scott is in the middle of writing a, a new book. And yep. it's about the DNA of an athletic director. 
we could take that book and make that a book study. Mm -hmm. We could talk about those qualities of leadership. Um, And I I think some of our best discussions, really, and we had more of these in the pandemic, um, but were with leadership discussions with leaders outside of the AD positions. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the mental health, um, the Walter Bonds, the guests like that. We talked uh, the three dimensional. Dr. Jared Spencer, we had him on. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so those are our ideas that are percolating uh, right now. And uh, our listeners, I think you're going to see some things from Scott. We're going to kind of put Scott. Scott has a way of getting things out there on social media for some reason. <laughs> you um, that. Hey, I'm but, super excited. Hey, I almost have 500,000 impressions in the last 30 days. Like I never paid attention awesome. to it before I, Got out of the AD role and never even looked at my Twitter analytics. So mm-hmm. people are looking mm-hmm. at my Twitter. So I'm well, excited you know, about that. A segue there. You're putting out a lot of good daily stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's one of the beauties of being I, able to I do what you do now. You... Stuff. That's typically the good stuff I put out. <laughs> no, no, not that. You, you're doing a great job yeah. here. Yeah. Um, so kudos, but we're going to be asking our listeners, what, what would interest them? Yeah. Uh, because we're here for our listeners when we want to be valuable and, but we want to be in a space where we feel comfortable too. And right now I just feel like we're being led a different direction than just talking with ADs every day. Um, and kudos to the people who are doing that and emphasizing that. But, um, you know, we are the BTB Leadership Academy that we're trying to develop as well. So uh, we're going to talk a lot about leadership, but just maybe in some different ways. Yeah. Uh, but we will relate it back. We always want to be for the AD. Yes, that, that's one and thing. And we want – that's yeah. the biggest thing is, is who we're going to be. I think that's one of the things that we, we've talked about in our discussions is we're not going to get away from our, our initial purpose, which was a podcast by, AD, by ADs for ADs. And I, but I think we're looking for a different platform. Um, mm-hmm to uh, to bring leadership and learning into the, the platform of, of educational athletics leadership or, or just education leadership. Um, and I'm excited just about some of the discussions we've had, but um, I agree with you, Todd. We want to know, uh, you know, for the, the Taylor Chapmans out there and the, and the Andy Umptons out there who I know listen to us and, and, and folks across the country, what, um, how can we, what types of things can we bring to you that'll be meaningful for you that will, uh, make your experience as, as an AD, but more importantly, as a leader better. Right. Yeah. And do you want the format to change? Yeah. Do you want us to go to 25 or 30 minutes? Yeah. That'd be tough for us, Ooh. but you know, uh, <laughs> that's less so, follow-up questions. It is, but, uh, <laughs> you know, what, what's the format look like? Uh, yeah. so anyway, we're going to be finding ways to reach out to our listeners and, uh, help us determine what's next for VTB. We're going to be here. We just don't know kind of what we're going to do, but uh, we want to know what's going to be valuable to you, our listeners, more first and foremost. Our next podcast that we're going to record in a week or so uh, is going to be our one-word podcast. We've done this now, I think, every season. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. we've done a one-word. Um, and we're going to bring back Michael Harrison from Orange Park, Florida, and Taylor Chapman from Spencer, Iowa, who were on with us last year on our one word podcast. And we're going to talk about how the word went this year, and then we'll all reveal our word for 2022. So 
that will be recorded over Christmas break between Christmas and New Year's and probably come out uh, before the end of the year or right after the first of the year. Mm -hmm. So uh, that'll be our next podcast. So look forward to to doing that. If you haven't done the one word, um, I would encourage you to really do that. And to get that focus, because I, I think it's uh, it's a valuable, it's a really easy book to read. Uh, John Gordon and, and Dan Britton, in particular, are the authors of that book. But uh, it's an easy book to read and and very thought provoking. So uh, look for that one word p- podcast to be coming out in a week or so. There. Well, guys, it's Christmas week, and um, you know, let's just wrap up uh, this podcast talking about Christmas a little bit. I think we all have a lot of memories. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so just some memories, a memory or two that you have, and then some lessons that you have uh, maybe that we can apply to the from the Christmas season. Um, Aaron, I'll let you go first. Um, well, two, I guess I've got two memories. They're both the same thing. But, man, I just, as I was thinking about this, um, and I miss these things. But when we were young, um, lots of cousins. My dad's side of the family was a big family. But uh, – those extended family gatherings and the ones I'm talking about guys are the ones that are way too big for the space you were in. I mean that the house and the living room, the kitchen's built for like 12 and you've got 31 people in the house mm-hmm. um, that, you know, those types of things. And you're tripping over one another to the Christmas cookies and to the, you know, uh, fighting for a seat at the big kid's table, realizing that that wasn't <laughs> happening. You know, even, even when I was 25, I was still at the little kid table, um, you know, but those, uh, I miss the, we don't have those family gatherings anymore. Uh, you know, I think sometimes when the, the, you know, the, your, the grandparents and the great grandparents move on, then, then it's harder to keep those things together. But boy, the, I just really enjoyed those, those days as hectic and crazy as they were with cousins running around and man, you'd sleep overnight and you're kicking each other with sleeping bags on the floor. Cause there's just not enough room for y'all, but those are some really blessed memories of mine. I think the lesson from that for me, um, and there's a lot of pieces to this in this Christmas season, but um, I'm always reminded this time of year, and it's from gatherings like that and gatherings we'll all have this year, but keeping the main thing the main thing um, is, a, is a big lesson that I think this Christmas season teaches me year after year. It reminds me of year after year that you get caught up in a lot of stuff that when, the, when it's said and done, doesn't matter. Um, and mm-hmm. Christmas always seems to bring us back to things that matter, and that's our faith, and that's our family and our friends that, that are going to be with us through thick and thin. So, mm. very good. Thanks. Merry Christmas to the stackers. Thank you. You guys too. Scott, about you. So, I, I, I mean, my Christmas memories are are typically not always great ones. My mom and dad were separated. That was probably a good thing. Uh, they got divorced when I was like five <laughs> years old. So, many of my Christmas memories are from you know the 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 parking lot or a Kmart or a Walmart or a McDonald's, we were shifting from mom's to dad's house. And uh, I always loved going to my uh, Mima Pepe's house, my grandpa and grandma Jarvis, because uh, it felt like that was probably the normal, you know, Christmas that most people would be accustomed to. So I always have great memories of, uh, you know, Mima giving us uh, ice cream and our cereal. Uh, you know, being able to to have, you know, Santa come to Mima and Pepe's uh, Christmas morning and, uh, again, being around uh, family and the cousins, very similar to Aaron's. But uh, 
through all those crazy, you know, exchanges, um, I learned uh, some valuable lessons that I, I wouldn't take away. All, although there was some trials and tribulations with all that. Um, and, and this was my, my, my one word was be mindful. And I, I always think about all those times we had, you know, whether it was with, you know, my mom or my dad and just being present with the people who you were with. And we talked about this a little bit, a little bit before it was just, but how powerful your impact is on people's lives and just that value of, of friendship and family and the unconditional love that we share for our families and those others that we love. Um, and something that I always learned during Christmas is I, I was a lot more excited to give than I was to receive. I was always more excited to see the look on, you know, somebody's face when I gave a gift than rather getting one. Um, my grandpa and grandma always were, you know, always kind of taught me, don't take life too seriously. Always be able to laugh at yourself. So I've always taken that to heart. And, um, you know, that I think that comes with being humble too. Um, and then last of all is just be thankful uh, and love what you do. And, and those are lessons I learned from Christmas and, and being with my grandparents um, and just, uh, you know, in that situation of, and a lot of our kids are like that, where they have that situation where they're, you know, they don't know whether they're going to be mom or dad or Christmas, or maybe they're with grandpa and grandma, but uh, just very, you know, great memories of, of those times with uh, my grandparents. Awesome. Great lessons. Thanks, Scott. Uh, Merry Christmas to the Jarvises, yeah. your whole family, for sure. Well, I've got a lot, a lot of memories. Uh, Christmas is my favorite time of year uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, one was because my my mom was such a a, a great hostess, um, and she made Christmas very special. Our house was always decorated to uh, unbelievably. Um, she just loved to do it. She loved Christmas, so she, we in turn loved Christmas, and. Um, uh, luckily my wife is the same way. She can decorate a house like none other. Um, <laughs> but, uh, mom made it very special. I, I have great memories of my dad. My dad pastor for, you know, 60 years now, finally completely retired. But when he was in his prime, uh, you know, my age and younger, gosh, how's that sound? My age and younger, <laughs> <It is>. uh, <laughs> hold on. He was in his prime, my age and younger. What's that? Anyway, you're in, it's because you're in your prime, Todd, which you are. I'm in my prime, yes. but my dad Christmas Eve service was always at his church was his gift. He called it his gift to the church. So it was different every year. He would, and it was immaculate. He would have, that was back in the day before technology. He might have spotlights behind cutout, scenes and he'd take you through the Christmas story um, and then singing the Christmas carols and the hymns in the middle, uh, you know, as you went through the Christmas story, but it's always different. And it was totally different every time. Um, and, and, but it, I just remember him serving that way. And he, he put a ton of hours into that for a half hour service. Um, but that was his gift to the church that he was serving at that time. I remember my my grandma, his mom, um, having arthritis so bad that her fingers, you know, were were crinkled. Um, and we make this family. It's called a pumpkin dessert, and uh, pumpkin and vanilla ice cream. You let the ice cream melt, put the pumpkin in it, and then you refreeze it on a graham cracker crust. And grandma knew that I loved that, and but that's and she always made it. 
and she still made it even when her hands were crinkled. And I make it now. I, I'm the one that does the mixing up of the ice cream, and, and it takes a lot of stirring, and your your hands are just on that. You, you stir it by hand. And to know that my grandma did that uh, because I liked it when she had to be in pain, um, that's why it's such a, a special dessert and there's so many special memories of that. But, um, you know, just the service that she had to do that for me. And that's a lesson, I think, in service that my dad got from my probably from my from his mom, my grandma. Um, but um, so that, those are my memories of Christmas and they're all very positive. I, yeah, I'm with with you, Aaron. We don't have a chance to all go now. You know, our kids are all married and. Um, but we have a time when we get together. It's just not on Christmas Eve. And I've come to realize I've got to give that up that, you know, the way my family did it isn't the way I'm going to do it. And we have, we haven't for several years, but, uh, those were great memories. Um, the, the leadership lesson I think I have, uh, comes from one of the Advent studies I've, I've been doing, uh, this month. And they were, they, they brought up, uh, the shepherds. And um, how when the angels appeared to them and said, you know, the Christ is born, go see him. The scripture says that the wise men or the, the shepherds hurried off. That's they hurried off. They went. Uh, they didn't wait to think about, well, am I dressed well enough? Am I am I good enough? Uh, they didn't let doubt creep in. They. They were given something they had night they were and they went they responded immediately and the lesson for me is not only a faith lesson to respond when we're given that but I think as leaders when we have an idea we need to act on it uh, we need to to act on it we need to hurry off and do it um, because when we hesitate when we start thinking about is it good enough or man, I don't think it's quite ready yet. You know, I, well, then we let doubt, we let fear, we let insecurity in, and then we may not ever do it. And it may not be, it's organic. We need to let it be organic. Sometimes we need to plan and be good planners. But I think we take the lesson from the shepherds and we hurry off. We might not be given something to do by angels and the heavenly host appearing you know, in the, the dark of night telling us to do something. But I think as leaders, if we have that idea, we need to act on it. Don't let the doubt, fear, insecurity, thinking if it's going to be good enough, creep in. Go do it. Hurry off. Good Go do it. That's good stuff, Todd. And Merry Christmas to the Gordon family then as well. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. Well, uh, guys, that's it. Uh, Christmas comes, uh, boy, six days. Six days. Yeah, here we go. So enjoy it. Enjoy the week with your families. Uh, and um, we're going to connect in another week or so and do our one-word podcast. So uh, we'll do that after the Christmas uh, Christmas Day and uh, before New Year's. So, um, again, Merry Christmas to you, your families. Uh, Merry Christmas to all of our listeners out there, wherever you may be. Whenever you may get this, you may listen to this after Christmas. Well, Merry Christmas anyway. The, the Merry Christmas <laughs> greeting carries on, even if you're listening to this in January. It does. Yeah. We wish you and your family a Merry 
and a blessed Christmas. So uh, once again, thank you to our sponsors, Hometown Ticketing, Gipper, Varsity Bound HQ, Superfan Inc., and Jamie Beckler and the Leadership Playbook. Merry Christmas from Beyond the Bench, and be blessed, everyone.